0: Welcome to The Common Rounds, medical education for medical students by medical students. Hello, I'm Ahmed. And I'm Mandy. And welcome to our next episode. So um, our talk today is going to be all about septic arthritis or infectious arthritis. Yes. Um, And we'll cover both bacterial and maybe touch on some of the um, viral causes as well. But our focus is going to
1: be mainly on bacterial. Um, So Andy, do you want to kick us off? Mm, Definitely. So with septic arthritis, uh, we can start about how does it get infected? Uh, how does your particular joint get infected, yeah. right? So there's a few routes of infection. So the joints have blood flow at going to them. And so hematogenous spread can be a common cause mm-hmm. of it, especially in adults. In children, you've got this route of spread called contiguous osteomyelitis. Yeah. But then also, let's say if your joint has been um, directly impacted by trauma mm-hmm. or there's Something that's gone pierced the, into the joint, then direct inoculation from the outside can go into the joint and that you can get develop arthritis there. And one final way is when, let's say, somebody's had a surgery or arthroscopies or has had arthrocentesis done to the particular joint, then these medical treatments can also indirectly uh, introduce uh these bacteria into the particular that's joint right, yeah mm.
0: and i think broadly speaking um joint infections are divided into two categories so um, gynecoccal sources so mm-hmm. that's like Neisseria gonorrhea the same organism that's been associated with stds and that accounts for about 75 percent of septic arthritis cases and you have non-gynecoccal uh, gonococcal cases as well so that's mainly um, staph aureus mm-hmm. which accounts for most of the cases and it, and it can be rapidly destructive to the joint mm-hmm. you have strep uh, streptococcus causes so group a and group b mm-hmm. and some gram negative examples as well like salmonella for example and mm-hmm. that's more commonly observed in sickle cell patients um so what are some of the risk factors andy for um these sort of joint infections let's talk about gonococcal
1: first okay sure uh gonococcal, if you haven't picked up yet so like um Gonococcal or Neisseria gonorrhea is a common um, uh, sexually transmitted disease. Mm. So we can think of the risk factors for um, people getting Neisseria gonorrhea and that pretty much would also predispose you to having the um, gonococcal septic arthritis. Young people, so people under the age of 40 years old, men who have sex with men are right. at a high risk of getting gonococcal infections. Another risk factor for these gonococcal septic arthritis is, is recent menzies or um, uh, menopauses. Uh, sorry, not menopauses. No, no, um, no, no um, menstruation. Menstruation, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And um, pregnancies um, can lead to this increased risk. Um, but what about non gonococcal septic arthritis?
0: So We've kind of alluded to it before. If you've had a recent joint um, uh, joint replacement, so prosthetic joints, recent surgery, or recent um, drainage of the joint might be a risk factor. Mm-hmm. If you have an underlying um, rheumatoid condition, like rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis, um, if, if there's patients immunocompromised or there's conditions that can you know reduce the skin integrity, like cellulitis, for example, mm-hmm. they're common causes. So from a clinical perspective, point, point of view. How do you differentiate a gonococcal arthritis versus a non-gonococcal arthritis?
1: They show different c- types of clinical features or patterns. With gonococcal arthritis, you can come in, uh, they can come in two forms. One is a bacteremic form where there's bacteria flowing, um, growing in the blood and so it's flowing throughout your whole body. So from that, you would get systemic features, um, such as fever, malaise and chills and also this gonococcal triad. So you'll have a polyarthralgia. So it affects multiple joints and it's migratory. So it's a migratory poly, my, uh, polyarthralgia. And then you can also have so the second part of the triad would be a tenosynovitis where it infects the um, tendon sheaths. And um, the third one would be a dermatitis. Um, So that's the gonococcal triad. But on the other hand, uh, with gonococcal arthritis, there could be a septic arthritis form. So it's, it's just located on a particular joint. And it's a local symptom, which involves swelling of the joint, warmth, pain, inability to bear weight onto that particular joint, and a markedly decreased range of motion. Yeah. Um, Hamid, what are some of the clinical features in non-gonococcal arthritis?
0: So, um, interestingly, it's mainly um, unlike gonococcal, it doesn't affect multiple joints, and it's not necessarily migratory in nature. It's mainly mm-hmm. localized monoarticular, mm-hmm. but in some cases it can be um, polyarticular, particularly if you have endocarditis or other sort of or hematogenous causes of spread. Yep. But again, you might not, you're going to have problems weight bearing, um, mm-hmm. particularly joints like the knee, hip. Sometimes the wrist may be involved as well, mm-hmm. and you can. Have you know swelling, the signs of inflammation that you come to expect, swelling, redness, mm-hmm. um, and decreased range of motion. So I think the differentiating point is migratory polyarthralgia is more common with gynecoccal, mm-hmm. um, monoarticular is more common with um, non gynecoccal causes. Yeah. So if you suspect someone has Mm. Uh, this infect septic joint. What are some of the investigations you, that, you know, you can consider?
1: Mm. Specifically for, uh, this, this infective arthritis, what you can do are Blood cultures and screens to probably rule out this bacteremic form, but so this is in addition to all these other rheumatological um, tests that you would do to rule out other additional causes, right? The different uh, different other um, rheumatological causes of, mm. of joint pain. Yeah. Um, uh, so in gonococcal, you would, as I mentioned, you would do the blood culture and um, sensitivity screen. You would also do some endocervical, urethral, rectal oral pharyngeal testings to screen for the S, um, STD. Uh, STD. Yeah. Yep. But for non gonococcal infections, you, uh, a blood culture and a, um, a sensitivity screen should, should be suffice. But there's this also gold standard, um, particular investigation that is mandatory for a, Infective arthritis, what would that be? So um, the gold standard is arthrocentesis,
0: which we've kind of alluded to. So it's not a, it's a, it's a risk factor for joint aspiration, but it can also be an important diagnostic tool where you um, remove some of the synovial fluid from the affected joint and you culture it. Mm-hmm. So you look for um, the potential organisms, you can characterize it as well. So if the fluid is high in white blood cell count or um, neutrophils, then it may suggest that there's some sort of infective process at play. Mm-hmm. Um, the key point is to be able to culture the joint. And if it's um, if you culture something, then you can direct your therapy. Mm. Um, does imaging play a role in this?
1: Well, you can um, do a plain x-ray film if you want to assess for osteomyelitis to see whether if the particular infection has spread down to the mm. bone and it's affecting it. Um. Pro- also pro- probably provides a baseline to monitor the treatment, so maybe see if it's actually getting worse or getting better. Yep. Mm. Yeah,
0: and uh, to ensure that the bones don't get involved with, with your treatment. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, what are some of the treatment options then um, in terms of, mm. from, uh, I guess, from a pharmacological point of view?
1: So, uh, IV antibiotics are quite important to, um, to treat this infection. Because it is a um, infection through bacteria and how and delaying of the ant- IV antibiotics actually may result in joint destruction. So, you know, you want to get onto that as, as soon as possible. But unfortunately, like the treatments, I, I, I would imagine that since the joint is a particularly, um, a difficult place for drugs to penetrate so you need a longer course and uh it's it is quite difficult to treat yeah
0: and mm. it depends on the organisms obviously as well so for, yes. for example staph virus you're probably looking at four weeks of um IV antibiotics mm. same with some of the gram negative organisms mm. um but we won't go through the specific antibiotics because that is probably guided by the institutions that you guys will be working in um, and and follow follow the institution policy
1: Mm. does surgery play a role in this well surgery can play a role and you can do surgical drainage especially if you know you after multiple um joint aspirations, you've found like the atherocentesis, you've found that the infection is still persistent. Or if you find that this is affecting a hip or joint, um, a hip joint, or if you find that, you know, it's affecting a prosthetic joint. And, you know, the probably reason probable reason for this is because um maybe there's a biofilm that might have developed onto the prosthetic joint and you uh, know if you know what a biofilm is you know that they're really hard for antibiotics to penetrate and get rid of so maybe you need a surgical intervention to mm. to yeah. flush that up
0: and we'll talk about some of these terminology in when we talk about
1: the microbiology blog but yeah just mm. keep
0: that in the back of your mind mm-hmm. so what are some of the viral causes then
1: Mm. so there are multiple viral causes one could be a parvovirus b19 which we've kind of brought up uh, in the past in hematology Mm. uh, (laughs) hematology block Um, you've also got ross river virus hepatitis b and c but a lot of them may uh, many aren't diagnosed and maybe it's i think it's because the symptoms seem to be a fever rash and they kind of self-limit and maybe by the time you know, you, you, you start investigating it, they, they might be gone. Yeah.
0: Mm. And you can look at serology for, if you're suspecting previous exposure or to help guide you. Mm-hmm. But from a treatment point of view, you really don't have a lot of options. Obviously, you can't give antibiotics. So you're left with symptomatic management with um, with NSAIDs. Steroids, the jury's a bit out. I think um, it doesn't really help that much. Sure. But I think NSAIDs are, is the main modality mm. for um, symptom control. Mm. Um, so like we mentioned, it's probably going to be, this is a, is a very short topic. So the whole point is that You've got um, uh, both bacterial and viral causes. Bacteria tends to be more common and you divide it into non gonococcal gyne- versus gonococcal gyne- infections. Yep. And that then dictates your treatment options. Yes. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Not really that's it yep. yeah I, I think we mentioned pharmacology but just in non-pharmacological approaches to ensure joint integrity by making sure the patient is involved with physiotherapy and mm-hmm. um, exercises that protect the joint and, and enable recovery as well mm. so that's it for today's episode thanks for tuning in guys thank you our episode today was put together
1: by our executive producer gautam and our co editor cindy for notes elective experiences and much more study resources Visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.
0: If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.